Well, good morning, friends. This is um, podcast number 328 for Tuesday, July 13th, which just happens to be my 64th birthday. Hello there, Gary. I hope you're well. I've heard it's your birthday, Gary. Your friends have told me, and they wanted me, the happy birthday singer, to come and sing a very special happy birthday song to you, Gary, on your birthday. So here I am, and let's get straight into your very special song. Oh, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, Gary, happy birthday to you. For Gary's a jolly good fellow, he's a jolly good fellow, Gary's a jolly good fellow, and so say all of us, so say all of us, and so say all of us, you're a jolly good fellow, Gary's a jolly good fellow, he's a jolly good fellow, and so say all of us. Hip hip hooray! Hip hip hooray! Hip hip hooray! Because it's Gary's birthday. So there you go, Gary. On your birthday, a very special song from your friends just for you. So have a great day. Have lots of fun. And luckily, hopefully, next year, your friends just might send me back again to sing happy birthday to you, Gary, on your birthday. Goodbye. Have a great day. Birthday boy, Gary. You're looking good and young. I'm getting old. So I'm glad you're joining me on my birthday um, to listen to this. We're in Mark chapter 11, verses 21 through 25. We've had the triumphal entry. We, we've seen Jesus um, cursing the fig tree and cleansing the temple. And, and then we get into these verses where... Um, He's teaching them about this withered fig tree, how it dried from the roots up. Remember, he's talking about their uh, Israel and their lack of fruit um, spiritually and their lack of faith as well as they've changed the um, an area in the temple into a place, a marketplace, really, where um, Jesus said, my house of prayer has become a den of thieves. And... Uh, as usual, and we would have been the same way, I think the disciples really missed the point of this miracle and this teaching. Uh, look at verse verses 20, Mark chapter 11, verse 20. And as they passed in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away its roots. So their focus is immediately on this fig tree. Verse 21, and Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And so the focus is on something that Jesus did here and really missing the entire point of the no fruit, no faith uh, symbolism that Jesus and the lesson that Jesus taught him. Um, and Jesus changes their focus again. He says, and Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Don't don't so much look at this tree and 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 see that it's withered and and think that this is a big deal or this is all that God can do. He can touch things. He can perform miracles. And then he he goes into this beautiful example. And I can imagine in my imagination, because Jerusalem is uh, twenty five uh, hundred and seventy five feet above sea level, and Mount Hebron, which would be in the distance would be 3,366 feet above sea level. He has these mountains around him. So put yourself in the story. Uh, Jerusalem is up. Um, the mountains are all around. And Jesus said to them, have faith in God. Verse 23, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, 
be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, we can look at this as a, in, a, in, a, in a physical sense and say that Jesus is pointing to mountains. He could be even pointing to the Temple Mount and, and talking about how this will be uprooted, that your faith can't be in a mountain, your faith can't be in a temple, your faith can't be in these things, or even in this withered fig tree that you see. But your faith has to be in God. Our focus must not be on our prayer needs. It must be on the one who meets our prayer needs. Our focus needs to be on God. So truly I say to you, whoever says this mountain be taken away, thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass and will be done for him. He's talking about this incredible faith. Now, faith in faith is not what he's teaching. He's teaching faith in God. The Bible says it's it's given um, a measure of faith is given to each man. And there is a spiritual gift, I believe, of more faith, of faith to do incredible things. But all of that is based on our faith in God, not faith in ourselves. Verse 25, and whenever you stand praying, forgive. Forgive. He brings forgiveness into it because forgiveness and prayer are eternally linked. Forgiveness from God, forgiveness to others. Now, we cannot forgive sin. Only God can forgive sin. But we can forgive those who have hurt us and ask God to forgive them of their sin. Forgive if you have anything against anyone so that in your Father also, uh, so that your Father also, who is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Remember, he takes him really back to Matthew chapter 5 and back to the Matthew chapter 6 and the Lord's Prayer, and he's talking about relationship. Your spiritual walk is relational. It's related to your relationship with God. It is, it is tied to your relationship with God, and then it's tied to our relationship with others. And one of the toughest things to do um, is to forgive. But without forgiveness, there is no forgiveness. Without his forgiveness of our sins, there is no uh, forgiveness. But if we hold um, angst and anger and, and bitterness against someone else, guess what? God doesn't respond to our prayers because he doesn't have to. Because we're not in a right place to do that. Go to Psalm 66, verse 18. Psalm 66, and verse 18. God is not bound to forgive us. He desires to forgive us and to cleanse us, but he's given us responsibilities. Look at Psalm 66 and verse 18. It says, if I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Another version says, if I, if I hold on to sin in my heart, if I cherish or dwell on sin in my heart, then the Lord will not forgive me. He will not cleanse me. He doesn't have to forgive us. He doesn't owe us anything. Everything we have, including the breath you just took and I just took, it is all a gift from God. Go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Verses 14 and 15, towards the back of the Bible, 1 John chapter 5. The writer is the gospel writer, John. 
It says this in verses 14 and 15. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be, excuse me, I'm in the wrong chapter, chapter five, verses 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, underline his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. We love to skip to verse 15 without looking at verse 14. We pray according to his will. How do we know what his will is? Let's look at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. How can we discover the heart and the mind of God? Well, it requires this in Romans chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is your spiritual worship. What are you and I offering to God? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by uh, testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith I talked about earlier, that God has assigned. We present ourselves to God. And in that presenting of ourselves to God, in sober-mindedness and pure hearts and pure judgment, we ask God to show us his will for our lives. So when we pray, when we pray, which we ought to do often, we pray with hearts desiring the will of God. Now, turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Because I believe that as we talked about forgiveness and prayer being linked together, forgiveness, prayer, and the study of the word of God is so important. Forgiveness, prayer, and the study of the word of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So faith comes by hearing, from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. But what are we hearing and what are we holding on to? What we need to be hearing and holding on to is the word of Christ, which is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that God sent his son Jesus into the world to die for our sins, to pay the price for our sins. Now, I said that our relationship with God is relational. It's really it's really horizontal and, and vertical. It's both. It's with him and it's to those that he um, has created. Look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 24. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 24. The subheading on mine is anger. Anger is a wasted emotion. The Bible does say that we can be angry and sin not, but I don't think we do that very well. Matthew chapter 5, 21. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. Wow. So if you are offering your gift at an altar, they remember that, listen to this, your brother has something against you. 
Now, before we heard, if you have something against your brother, and now the, the circle is complete, not only if you have something against your brother, but if your brother has something against you, leave your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put into prison. This is so uh, uh, important to understand. I believe that as God teaches us that we need to have a relationship with him and relationship with others, that that flows from forgiveness, giving forgiveness and attempting to get forgiveness. When there's a relational breakdown, when there's a, an issue, uh, we need to try to, to, to get that issue taken care of. It will affect us and it will affect our relationship with God long term. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 6. This is an, uh, a familiar portion of scripture, the Lord's Prayer. It really is the Lord teaching his disciples to pray. And he's not teaching them some rote formula like do this each time. No, like robots, no. But he's, he's starting this whole prayer. Look at how he starts it. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, right? Then he goes to verse nine and listen to this. He says, our father and who is in heaven. Does, does he say my father? He says, our father. See the relationship? He brings us into this relationship. And the others that we are praying for, he's their father too. And we need to remember that. Verse 14, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you when you trespass. But if you do not forgive others their trespassers, trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. We want forgiveness. We want grace. But sometimes we want justice at the same time, and we can't have that. It's not ours to ask for. It's not ours to get. We have to let the just judge of the universe do what he sees fit with each and every situation. And we need to keep our heart pure and continue to grow in our relationship with God. And as Paul says, when it's possible, if possible, in all, in, in, in all things, be at peace or live at peace with one another. It isn't always easy. It isn't always easy. But it's something we need to work at. Go to Ephesians chapter three. Ephesians chapter three. Verse 14, Ephesians chapter three, verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Why would he strengthen you in your inner being? Because it's, 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 it's for Christ to dwell in our hearts through faith, that we are rooted and grounded in love, that we're strengthened in our spiritual man, we're strengthened inside so that we can be rooted and grounded in love, may, um, and may have strength to compre comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that, that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God." Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we are asked or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church 
and in Christ throughout all generations forever for and ever. Amen. There's so much division in the church today because people want everything their way. We need to get out of God's way. We need to ask for forgiveness and we need to forgive others so that we can be strengthened in our inner man so that the church is strong, not divided, not ripped apart by anger and bitterness and anxiety and jealousy and fits of rage. We need to repent. We need to repent as the body of Christ. We have picked on other members of the body of Christ, other um, fellowships, We are going to spend eternity together to those who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, who have asked for forgiveness and are living and walking in that. They don't have to be in the building that we're in or in the fellowship that we're in. Jesus didn't say, let's just get along in the church on Main Street or the church on 2nd Avenue or the church on the corner of this and that. No, he said, in the church, the body of Christ, the ecclesia, the, the, the body that Jesus died for and he is the head of. We need to get beyond our petty differences and we need to forgive one another in Christ so that then he can strengthen us in our innermost being and we can be rooted and grounded in love. So what do we do with the stuff in our life? Turn to 1 John. 1 John. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Beginning with verse 5 says this, 1 John 1, 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you. We got it from God. We proclaim it to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. We do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. If we walk in truth, if we walk in light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses, uh, his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we recognize that we're sinful beings in the process of being separated from our sin, in the process of growing in holiness and righteousness, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then he goes back to it and says, if we say we have not sinned, we make him to be a liar and his word is not in us. If we say that we're perfect, we're a liar. If we say we've never sinned, we're a liar. But if we recognize that we are sinful beings and we ask for forgiveness, he's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I saw a post the other day, I adjusted it a little bit, and I liked it. I liked the way it was, I liked the way I adjusted it. The way it was was evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. And I believe Christianity is one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. We're all beggars, we stand before God guilty, he cleanses us, from our sin, and we go about building our relationship with him and our relationship with one another. And when we sin, and we do, we need to ask forgiveness, and then we need to go and try to make things right with one another. 
can't we just get along? We can. We can in Christ. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. Till we talk again.